Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the Message Trust. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing, check out our website, message.org.uk. Um, well, thank you for choosing my seminar. Um, that means I don't feel lonely. Um, so thank you for choosing this. I trust that you're here um, because either you're interested in schools, um, you are currently in schools, um, you want to get into a school, um, or you're just interested in all the bits that the message does in school and kind of just want to l- know a little bit more. Um, hopefully, our aim by the end of this kind of hour and a bit we've got together, um, you're going to go heard a little bit from me uh, about the vision and value behind what we do. You're going to hear from some of the staff that work tirelessly in the office and around the UK, just cruising around before the bands get there, warming people up, preparing the ground for the school's work, how they do that, some of their best strategies. Um, and we want to impart those to you. We want to give them away. This, As we talk about hire, or we talk about our school's work, what our bands do, this isn't about self-promotion. This is about um, us just explaining what we do um, so that you can steal all of the best ideas use them and we don't expect any praise like this is purely and we want to impart some of the wisdom and some of the stuff that we've learned over the years um also going to talk about why we use creative arts why we think bands are important why it's important to um use creativity and not just to stand in front of people and communicate um although that's exactly what i'm doing right now um and it has and then we're also going to hear from some of the bands um who are in schools day in day out some of the challenges that they face some of the opportunities they see for the gospel um and hopefully again that will inspire you that will um, encourage you um, and will shape your thinking as you think about your ministry and what you're doing um, so without further ado um, let's get started and get into it um, I'd love to start in the Bible though if that's okay a controversial decision for Christians I know um, but I think it's really important to, to start here for one main reason as a department um, the, the missions department which is made of all the bands and um, the academy which is our training year and is our pipeline for all of the evangelists and all the young leaders that we put into schools come through our academy ideally um, also the higher tour which is our dream of seeing a culture shifting number of disciples across the UK um, when that all hangs together it's just a beautiful symmetry of all the things that we do as we try and invest in education as we try and invest in schools work but there are so many people across the UK doing great schools work already we are not unique in this um, and we don't think we are um, and we believe in partnership and I'll explain how we do that but the reason why we're going big the reason why we're going absolutely massive with the higher tour we feel like we've got a mandate given from God to reach a generation it's not because we're arrogant although we are often quite confident I think it says there's a nice balance there um, but actually we firmly believe that we stand upon the word of God we found that God spoke to us as a movement a number of year go, years ago out of Isaiah. So let's go to Isaiah 60. And it's a beautiful passage. It's an incredible bit. And I want to start in the first few verses of um, Isaiah 60. Um, and then I'm going to jump to the end of the chapter. And hopefully this, this bookend of, of this chapter um, will give you a sense of the, the vision and the values that we have behind what we do before we get into the nuts and bolts. Because I think... Whenever you do schools work, whenever you go into dark places, whenever you try to step foot into somewhere where the kingdom of God isn't, you've got to know that God's with you. 
You've got to know that God has spoken. And we firmly believe that God has spoken to us out of Isaiah 60. So it says this, Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth. But the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands. Your little daughters will be carried home. I think that's just an incredible start, isn't it? Because we know, because we read it in the news, because we know young people, that there is great darkness in the generation of young people that is in our nation right now. We know there are many, many young people that don't know what it is to have hope, what it is to have purpose, what it is to have an identity. Yet we read here in the word of God that darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth. And I think we can get on board with that, unfortunately, at the moment and go, yes. That is probably true. But in the word of God, it doesn't stop there, does it? That isn't the end of the story. That's not the end of the narrative. But the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. And as we go into schools, as we go into places of darkness, we are the bearers of light. We bring the good news of the gospel. We take that with us. That is what we are doing. We are shining light into dark places. And that is what schools work allows you to do. As you gain access to places of education, as you allow access to schools, you are walk into a dark place and you can shine the light of the Lord into it. And then the beautiful promise, all nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Don't know how you feel about schools, whether you feel like they're great, powerful places and there's, you know, super heads in power suits striding around like they own the place or whatever your school's like. These are places of powers, kings, authorities. Yet all nations, all kings will bow at the knee of our God. And that's an incredible encouragement, I hope, to you as we start. And then as we move towards the end of Isaiah 60, um, we're going to go from verse 20. Your sun will never set, your moon will not go down, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. How true is that of young people in our nation, that we want their mourning to end? We want them to know an everlasting light. All your people will be righteous. They will possess their land forever, for I will plant them there with my own hands. And isn't that what we long for our young people to be? We long for our young people to be planted in their generation, amongst their peers, as oaks of righteousness, as strong people, as people that know the Lord. And then in verse 22, the smallest family become a thousand people and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. And what we're believing for is a culture shifting number of disciples. We're believing the smallest family will become a thousand. We're believing the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. And I firmly believe that we are seeing salvation in schools. I firmly believe that we are seeing the shifting of the sands. The tides are turning in our nation. Um, and we have the privilege of seeing that and we're on the forefront of that as the message. But also I know that some of you guys are on the forefront of that or desire to be on the forefront. So do you want to join us? I want to give you an invitation. Would you come and join us? Would you come and join us on the forefront of what God is doing? And I believe he's going to raise up a generation of young people that are passionate about their schools, that will see their friends come to faith. I also believe he's raising up a generation of ministers and evangelists and schools workers and passionate people who want to re-engage with education. But here's the thing. It's not about us. It's not even about you. It's about a partnership, isn't it? Um, and I firmly believe um, that all of what we do, all of what we're talking about now is about partnership. And, um, and we, at the core of our school's work, one of our core values is partnership. We try and avoid going to schools on our own all the time. Um, last year, we were in front of 113,000 young people in schools. Um, and we're in 255, 60, somewhere in there. Oh, rough, 260, 263. Two, approximately 263 approximately um schools across this nation um 
But we, tr we do that with a church. We try and do that um, with local ministers, with other schools, work agencies. We're all about partnership. We want to build great strategy. We want to build a good rapport with people. And we don't think we can do this on our own. And I think actually if we admit that, we'll go a lot further. Because then we start to pull together. We start to draw people in. And I think my biggest learning about schools work in the time that I've been doing it and involved with the message is that actually schools are big places. There's a lot of young people, there's a lot of powerful people, there's a lot of things going on. And actually, if you can get together and unite around it, um, I think that's an amazing thing. And we do this thing called Hi, I think I've mentioned it. Is my next slide the stats slide? Yes, great. So this is um, higher um, in numbers. Um, so we, we do these missions where we gather churches together, we gather schools, work agencies together, and we say, what could it look like if we work together? We put bands into schools, you went and did some lessons. Um, we got some churches excited about running CUs and discipleship programs. What if we also... Um, preached the gospel in an event and um, we're all set up for follow-up, gave them Bibles. So all this kind of stuff, what would it look like to shift culture? What would it look like to see a generation of young people raised up who are passionate about their schools? And we've done these projects. These are the project numbers, just to give a flavor of what we're doing. So in the South Wales one, which we just finished, 17,000 young people seen um, through schools work, uh, nearly 2,000 at the events um, and hundreds of young people making responses to the gospel. And as we build these projects, we're looking for longevity. In partnership, we're looking to do this together, but then also we're looking for what comes next. And I got two really exciting emails this week because it'd be very easy to sell this and be like, check out Hire, but actually I'm more interested in what's followed Hire. So we did one on the Channel Islands, suffering for the gospel when I ordered that one and had to spend time on Jersey. But we were in every single high school on the islands, which is pretty cool. We saw every single young person in education in a week with two of our bands. Great time of gospel proclamation, great bit of Christian witness, that was amazing. But I want to tell you about is what's happened since, is there was two CUs that were nowhere. They had a passionate young person who wanted to see some young people gathered and it wasn't happening. Off the back of high, they got their friends there, they've still got established CUs now and if we're about three or four months out from um, the Channel Islands and there's about 20 young people now gathered in both those two schools. So that's now 40 young people in two schools gathered praying, trying to reach their schools that weren't gathered before higher. That's not higher. That's the church and the youth leaders re-engaging with their school. That's the young person, the young leader, the apostolic evangelist, passionate young person going, I want to see a change to my school. And I think if we can get that into our heads as schools workers, that we want to empower young people to also get involved in the mission, I think we'll see a lot more happen. And we'll see a lot more of this viral movement of the gospel that we read about in the Bible. The other email I got was from Cambridge. Cambridgeshire where we um, did a mission across all of Cambridgeshire um, and in Ely there were three churches that were particularly passionate about the one school that was in their parish and there was like a parish church and I think there's a New Frontiers church and a, uh, a small AOG church so kind of you got one parish based church and two non-parish based church and they, but there was a great relationship between the three of them and they're like what would it look like if we all got involved in this school through hire so they went and did the hire day and everything else but they just networked their way through the school and found themselves talking to the deputy head and we're like how can we serve you we'd love to do a mentorship program with your young people we feel like we can come in from the three churches three times a week give us the hardest young people so since the back of high in Cambridge every single week they have seen about 10 of the hardest young people in that school and are in relationship with church folk they found a mentorship program they did some research and found the mentorship program they've tweaked it and now they're delivering between these three churches this mentorship program with 10 young people three times a week and they're in the school they're praying for the school they're building relationship with the school i think that's an amazing testimony of god's grace and what schools work can do 
So please, I want to encourage you as you think today, what, what's, your, what's your vision beyond what you're doing? Where's the long-term strategy? What's God doing? So with that in mind, um, I want to welcome up Judith. So give a round of applause for Judith. Yes, Judith. Um, Judith is um, basically the person that actually makes the missions department work. Um, she's our development manager um, and she's going to explain a little bit more about strategy and kind of like how we prepare and how we do things before we get to the mission. Over to you, mate. Great. Thanks, Tom. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to start off by saying that um, standalone schools work, kind of going in, engaging with your local high school is an amazing thing of itself. Um, however, if we can do that in a really strategic way with kind of a long-term goal, that's even better. So that's kind of what we're about. Um, when we look at things like the higher tour, which Tom has kind of talked to you about, that's kind of our aim. What can we do to work with local churches, to partner with local churches for the long-term so that we don't just get young people kind of making a kind of a decision to follow Jesus or hearing the gospel, how can we actually disciple them? How can we build relationships with them for the long term? How can we help them transition to be a part of a local church? So that's kind of our aim through the higher tour. So I wanted to just kind of explain the three phases that we have for the higher tour and then kind of look at how you guys could transition that into schools work in your context. So the first kind of stage that we have for the higher tour is the pre-tour. So it's where we work with local churches. We start to build partnerships with local churches. We kind of network with all of the, the youth organizations or the ministries that are doing stuff in local schools. And we also engage with already churched young people. So we train them to be um, evangelists themselves so that they can be involved in peer-to-peer -peer evangelism and also in discipleship so that they can be a part of the process. Um, and then we have the actual tour itself where we go into schools. So our mission teams go in, they take lessons, assemblies, they're in school for the day with the whole aim of inviting those young people to a gig where they're gonna hear the full gospel and crucially, they're gonna get a chance to respond. So that's the tour itself. And then the final phase that we kind of look at is this follow-up idea. So how can we um, partner with local churches? How can we engage with local churches so that they can build relationships with these young people for the long term? So that they can get these young people um, plugged into local churches um, and just being discipled for the long term. So we're all about the kind of decisions to follow Jesus are great but disciples are even better. That's kind of our mission. So how does this translate for you guys? How can you kind of use this model for your everyday kind of school's work? So firstly, we would say preparation is key. Could you, before you actually make your way into a high school, could you potentially work with other churches? Could you work with other youth groups, other youth leaders? Could you form a bit of a group to go in together? Maybe that would make it easier to kind of do something in a school more long-term. So you can have, you know, it's great to go in for a day, but if you could go in week in, week out and offer something to that school, that's even better. Um, how could you engage with your already churched young people? So maybe you've got young people in your youth groups who um, go to a local high school. What did they think would work in their school? How, how did they think you could help reach their friends with the gospel? So that's what we'd say for kind of before you go into school. How can you work with other people, maybe even other organisations who could go in and help you deliver content? We've had kind of youth workers go in with local police to do stuff together. 
Um, so are there other organisations that you could work with? Are there other churches? How can you engage your church to young people? Then we also have the kind of schools work side itself. So one of my kind of biggest things with that is how can you serve your local school? So it's not about kind of going in and saying, this is what we can offer you. Um, we're going to deliver this, this and this, but how can we serve you? What do you need in your school? What could we help with? Could we help with mentoring young people? Could we help with assemblies? Assemblies is one of those things that teachers don't really like. It's another thing that they have to do alongside the kind of lessons prep and all of that stuff. They work really hard. So assemblies is a great way that we can kind of offer to serve. Um, could it be that you run lunchtime clubs, CUs? What is, what is it that you can do in your local school to serve them? So that's the school's work itself. And what we'd say with that as well is, how can you think about that in the more long term? So again, going in for a one-off lesson or maybe helping with a spirituality day or something like that is great. But is there something that you can do that's more consistent, that's more kind of you having an ongoing presence in your local school? And then with that, what is the kind of long-term plan so the post schools work section what is the long-term goal what could you do to help transition those young people from seeing them in school hopefully getting a chance to share the gospel with them but how can you then disciple them so is there a way that you could set up like a lunchtime club where you're a little bit more free to share your faith with them and a little bit more free to kind of get involved in their lives kind of find out what's going on in their lives help them kind of in like a mentoring relationship or um, could you set up a CU? Could you actually do discipleship that way? Or is there a way that you can invite them to be a part of your youth work or, you know, kind of something that you're running in school where they can be discipled for the long term? Christian Union. So like a, where you're gathering Christians in a school. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we were kind of say with the Hyatt model. Um, the school's work of itself is great, but is there a way that you can kind of think more long-term, um, thinking kind of before you go in, who you could work with, when you're in there, what can you do to serve that school? But then the follow-up side, how can you transition a young person from hearing the gospel, hopefully making that decision to follow Jesus, but then discipleship, how can you engage with them for the long-term? There's Judith. And it's also worth saying as well um, is that this stuff just takes time as well. A lot of the preparation, the strategic thought just takes a bit of time and it's really worth investing that. We typically give ourselves a good year to build up to every hire tour typically. Anything less than that and actually it's really stressful and really hard work. Now we're working with a number of partners in that scenario but don't underestimate how long it takes to build good partnership but that investment you actually see it through the projects and through the work that you do because it just gets easier and better and it can snowball on. Great. So, obviously, we keep talking about schools. Now, some of you might already be in schools, but maybe a whole bunch of you are not in schools. So, I want to introduce Lucy McMillan to you. So, we can give a big round of applause to Lucy McMillan. Yes, Lucy. Now, Lucy is actually, believe it or not, the only full-time member of staff who works on hire. Everyone else has other responsibilities um, in the office, like running a department or line managing people. Lucy is the person who's always available, always focused. Um, and <laughs> you can see it on her face sometimes. I mean that in a blessing, not in a bad way, mate. Um, sorry. Wow, thanks. I, I built such a great team. <laughs> it says Tom Ballow and friends. It's really <laughs> people that suffer me. Um, anyway, 
so I'm going to interview Lucy because one thing that Lucy did, Lucy went through our academy. Um, she gave a year internship to us. We clearly had got ourselves an absolute diamond in Lucy. And we're like, she ain't going, oh, I know. See, I, I pull it back. And um, and she's um, and so she's been full time. Oh, you got your own microphone. Even better. Now you can give back. Now you can give me stick. Stop uh, further away. <laughs> And a step further away. Um, and then um, we t she's been now full-time for just over a year, two years. Crikey. Um, times goes fast. And um, and so what I want to do is Lucy, particularly when she was a junior and stuff, helped um, really book the schools on higher Midlands. Now, the thing you need to know about higher Midlands was we had never run higher outside of Manchester. Now, so Manchester, the, this is audacious. Um, the building, the, the as in, you know where you are. Um, round the corner she is the Apollo. So. The schools are within about sort of 20 miles of this venue and our offices are like five miles that way. The Midlands is about two hours down the M6. And so we had to redefine how we worked. We were still running it out of Manchester down the road. Now, if you've ever driven the M6, down the road is not a best way to describe the M6 at any Especially time. Especially pre-junction 19 roundabout, is oh, Pre-19 roundabout is awful. <laughs> and if any of you came in off the M6 and got that nice, glorious dual carriageway um, all the way through, that didn't exist when we were doing high. That's a brand new road. So we, we you spent got two hours on that roundabout once. We did. At I 6 was am. about it was no exaggeration six or seven feet away from being able to join the motorway but it was so slammed that nothing was moving for two hours. anyway not that's not what we're here to talk about here to talk about how do you actually get into schools your piece of paper is going to be important this at this time um because we're going to try and give you how we approach the school from nothing because lucy had to figure it out basically how do we get yep. 50 high schools across the midlands to want to book us to actually book us well Lucy figured it out because she went and chuffing did it but before we go into how she did it I want to know how she didn't do it because there was an absolute clangor that I, I think we all need to know about so Lucy could you share how maybe approaching a school didn't work first before we get into understanding your brilliance and the gifting that you do clearly have so Tom came up to me and um, asked me to share my mistakes I was like everyone else gets to sound great and I get to share when I've messed up basically um <laughs> So it's this story which everyone everyone loves and has gone down in history of during the Midlands, bear in mind it was crazy, we were really busy, one of the points in life that we all laugh looking back because it was so ridiculous and brilliant. Um, and I was calling a school to check like where they were out with their booking form or where they are at the booking or something. And so I googled the number, called the school, I knew the name of the teacher I was speaking to and like what I was going to say. And as soon as I got through to reception, I was like, I need to speak to, I can't remember the name, like, Mr. Brown. And, um, and they were like, oh, I don't think there's a Mr. Brown that works here. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure there is. Like, I've spoken to him before. Like, there's definitely a Mr. Brown that works there. She's like, okay, I'll check. So she went and checked. And she was like, no, there's not a Mr. Brown. And so I was like, oh, have you checked this department? Like, are you sure? I've spoken to him about this. This is what I'm calling about. And explained it all and was like, there's definitely a Mr. Brown that works here. And so she was adamant that there wasn't. I was adamant that there was. You know, I was tired and delirious. Let's just put that out there as well. <laughs> Called a lot of schools. And um, basically, in the end, I was like, oh, okay, fine. Like, there must not be a Mr. Brown that works here. Call, uh, hung up looked and I'd actually called the primary school with the exact same name <laughs> <laughs> and so I tried to convince this primary school receptionist that was a teacher there called Mr Brown who wanted to book the high tour and who I'd spoken to before 
Um, but the best thing about Lucy, she's very dogged on the phone. And so this was a very yeah. long conversation, about 15 minutes. I trying was to very committed to the fact that Mr. Brown works. Very committed to the cause. But okay, so that was, that was a little bit of a mistake when you're slightly delirious. So why don't yeah. you tell us how though? Because you, you mm. figured out how to book all these schools. You successfully did it. You've yeah. probably booked hundreds of schools now kind of through the high tour. So how do you do it? What's the process? that So these guys can take it away. Um, and kind of how do you do it? I think... I think working with, there's so many things we could talk about um, and there's so many like learnings for specific tours we've done or specific areas. Um, but I'll just go through a few of them, I guess. I think you've got to kind of approach a school like you would um, approaching sort of any other professional business. Um, you know, schools kind of work in a similar way to that. And, you know, the one benefit about what like we're wanting to do in schools and about what you guys would potentially want to do in schools is that it's obviously in the benefit of like the young people. It's wanting to see the young people um, grow and learn as as individuals and kind of that is what um, like I think I've learned is what the school obviously puts first all the time um, and you know whenever they're looking at what they can whether they can include you or whether they can book a day it's always because they're wanting to know how it's going to benefit the pupils um, and you know if you can tailor something if you can work something so that it's going to fit what they're wanting to do as a school and they're like what they've got to meet as PSHE or what they've got to kind of meet for Ofsted and kind of if, if you can prove almost that it's going to benefit and like these young people are going to learn something then often the school are pri like pretty game whether it's faith-based or not um, and I think that's the other thing like all the time people say to us like our oh, schools don't want like Christians coming in like they are oh, they would never want to hear about God in school and like that is proven time and time again not to be true like we've booked hundreds of schools through hire and like there's very rarely like a school won't book us because we're like talking about our faith um you know that we never really face that opposition um because oh, at the end of the day schools a have to kind of have to meet that tick that box of you know teaching what christians believe but um also like it's like if you deliver something quality like it doesn't matter whether it's Christian quality <laughs> um, or not like it's it's quality and, and schools recognize that so I think that's another like major thing that we've learned is that schools are open to you know hearing um, the gospel and schools are open to um, for people like us to go in and share about our faith and it's just about tailoring and working and um, yeah. doing that in the right way. So the handout you've got, the piece of paper, yeah, is that. is the process. Um, we're slightly short on time, so okay. um, please go away and read that. That's for you to take away. Please steal it and do the best thing. So I guess the one thing I wanted to ask you then to, to finish yeah. with, Lucy, is you've booked so many schools, you've had so many conversations. If you could impart one thing to oh these gosh. guys, <laughs> what would be the, the one thing that you'd want to um, leave them with? I think it kind of goes along with like another mistake I guess so to speak that we've made in the past is like always be aware of um, like what's going on in that school um, I think whenever we go to book a school it's about doing your research like do they have a chaplain in the school do they have things like a Christian union like are any of the teachers Christians that go to your church or anyone else's church like the more you can know about what's going on in that school like has that school um, like had anything going on recently you know we often go to schools and kids have committed suicide the week before and like knowing any context you can about what's going on in that school before you try to do any sort of schools work or any conversations um i think is so important and the times when we've done that and we've worked with the local church that already in there or organizations already in there or kind of worked with young people who are running a cu in there have been the times that like what we've come in and brought for a day has been most successful 
So to, in summary, that would be kind of research, basically. Research, know your research, stuff, know stuff and yep. know what's going on and what you right. can offer to that. Fantastic. Should we go up to Lucy? Well done, Lucy. And I would want to affirm that as well, having worked for a church um, for about 10 years before joining the message, um, I actually found that I increasingly found it difficult and harder to get into a school as a, almost like a church youth leader without professional backing, without making myself into some sort of service provider. And then I jumped into the message for, for the discipleship program of Hi, that's kind of how I came in before I came in to run the department. And, um, and kind of suddenly saw this professional approach that was very much like, here's the schools pack, we offer a service. And this whole thing kicked on again. I suddenly realized, I think we as Christians very much have got a loud voice and, very, and can get access to a lot of schools still, but we have to see it very differently and be very professional about it. So with that in mind then, we, we we take creativity very seriously at the message, so much so that we have someone dedicated to it. Um, and Tim Owen has um, been around the message um, longer than most um, and knows it inside out, has also been on stage and has been in schools and now invests his life back into those evangelists, into the bands. Um, so it would be remiss of me in this seminar when we're talking about schools work to not let Tim just share his heart and his values and his passion for why we use creativity. So we can give it up Tim Owen, please. Thank you. Was anyone else at Message Conference last year at Victoria Warehouse? I seem to remember being in a freezing cold room last year there doing a seminar about creative arts. But anyway, it's great to have you back. Thanks for coming back. Um, and we're in another cold place. Anyway, um, yeah, I am, thanks Tom, I'm a member of lo my local church. I'm a... <laughs> Remember my local church. I'm a dad uh, of three kids, two teenagers and a six-year-old, and I've been working in schools for around 25 years now, um, high schools. I've worked in high schools using creative arts. Uh, I've used, worked in high schools not using creative arts. And the one thing that I would say at the beginning uh, of what I'm about to say now about creative arts and, and all that is that regardless of creative arts, we as local church, we need to be in schools. We need to be in high schools. We need to have a voice in local high schools. I will always believe that. I don't think there'll come a day when I don't believe that. We have to. I'm passionate about that. We have to be. As churches, we have to be praying for our local high schools. We have to be at least trying to form a strategy, to form an action plan like the guys have just been laying out to uh, connect with our local high schools. Because if we don't, who will? That's what local church is for. We are there to go. This whole conference today is here I am, send me. We have to go to our high schools. I'm passionate about that. And that is why I'm still doing it after all these years and I'm still passionate about it. And uh, so my encouragement to you, if you listen to nothing else that I say or any of us say is, please pray for your local high school. Please seek ways in which we as church, because I'm a, I'm a local church guy. Yes, I work for the message, but I'm a local church guy. And I want to see the good news of Jesus taken in to my local schools and the schools in my city. So if you want to join me on that, you can. And all we need to do is pray initially and get that strategy. And then we need to go, we need to act. So that will be... Uh, my kind of opening statement, if you like. Getting onto the creative arts side of things, as I said, I'm having done schools work with and without creative arts. You don't just need to use creative arts. It's not the only way to, re to get into a high school. We have a, a, a number of teams who go in and do incredible work in schools without any creative arts performances at all. So we're not saying, we're not up here saying creative arts is the only way. What we are saying is creative arts is something which is in our DNA, which is very important to us, which is something that um, has an amazing effect in schools. And just to give you a few um, little pointers on this, uh, 
the reason we use creative arts performances is because number one, it, gra it gathers a crowd, yeah. right? Who, who's walked through the city center and there's a busker or, or some dancers or something going on the street? They draw a crowd, right? That's one of the main reasons we use creative arts. It just draws a crowd. Um, Jesus used this, this whole idea, didn't he? He told stories. He got into a boat and started telling stories. And a lot of his stories are about the farming community because perhaps all the fishing community because that was how he related to, to, to culture. We're just doing the same thing. Uh, our culture is a big creative arts culture, as I'm sure you're aware. Even over the last, gosh, 20 years or so, uh, X Factor, Pop Idol, you can, you know, Dancing on Ice, this, that and the other. There's so much uh, creative arts in our culture. So it's important. It gathers a crowd. The other thing is it's a universal language. Cuts across all races, cuts across all cultures, all backgrounds. Doesn't matter where you're from. Often a creative arts performance will connect with you on a, on a level um, that nothing else will. And if you're aware of popular culture at the moment, of youth culture, and you just listen to a lot of the content that's coming through creative arts culture, it's not good. And so we have an opportunity to redress that balance. The Bible tells us that there is power in, uh, in the tongue. There is the power of life and death in the tongue. So we have a responsibility to bring that life. And that's, this is a way that we can do it in a way that it affects a lot of people because particularly with music, I mean, if you, you know, look at Spotify and iTunes and Amazon, all that stuff, um, we have an opportunity to, to reach young people when they're not in school. So it doesn't just end in school, but if we get to them in school, then we can know that we can still be giving them the good news when they're out with their mates, when they're just walking uh, to the bus. And uh, I, I love this great quote from um, Louis Palau. I don't know if anyone was, well, some of you were at conference last year, but Louis Palau, amazing evangelist, um, said this quote. He said, Jesus does the saving, we just become his instruments. I love that because that says it all. Uh, the reason we use creative arts, it's a means to an end. It's a vehicle with which we can tell people the good news of Jesus. That's why we do it. Uh, and in my experience, it's been incredibly effective. Uh, but as I said, it's not the only way, but for us, it's effective. One of the things that we strive to do, and my job is particularly involved in, is making sure that it's excellent creative arts. Because we've all sat there, haven't we, in those slightly cringe performances where someone does something that we're like, oh my gosh, uh, clearly they haven't rehearsed, or clearly they haven't quite studied their gift, their craft enough. And uh, so my job is to make sure that we do that. And my motivation behind that is not because uh, I want people to look at us and go, oh, they're so amazing, is I serve a king who made the universe. Take a look outside just look in the mirror at your body he's a god of excellence right i don't want to represent him with anything less than the best i can give and i can't do it on my own that's why i work with a team of people because i i miss things that other people see but together we can really do a good job of representing our king that's why we use creative arts amazing thanks tim also what tim didn't draw attention to is we, we he got a picture um from the past um this is how creativity used to look and now, next slide, please. This is what it now looks like. Uh, this is Soulbox in school. Um, praise the Lord that we've moved on. <laughs> no, just, that was so cold. I don't know why. Mark's loving it. Mark's in um, Amongst Wolves. We're going to hear from him in a moment. Um, and so, yeah, so hopefully that's been a helpful little run through kind of the... Um, the, the, most the background about why we do the values behind what we do. Um, I'd encourage you to think creatively. Um, yes, creative arts, but I think even our teams like Respect Me who go into schools that don't sing, um, they have the ability to, but choose not to, um, is that they are still creative in their approach. 
They don't just stand, they have slides, they have videos, they use testimony, they, they are looking to explore art in a, in a way that allows people to be emotive towards it and everything else. Do you see what I'm saying there? So don't disqualify yourself. I mean, I find it hilarious sometimes that I run this department because um, I can't sing. Um, I can sort of move. Uh, I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it dance. Um, I'm an enthusiast. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm definitely an enthusiast and everyone knows that I will throw myself into anything um, and have a go. Um, and so we're like, surely you shouldn't run it. But I think that's actually why God called me to it because I don't meddle um, in stuff I don't understand. Um, but I cheer him on. And I think, but I do firmly believe in creativity. I am a creative guy. Um, I think it's really important to think outside the box um, and that's what that's the culture that we have and I think in our schools work young people are entrepreneurs they are surrounded by creativity so we need to be creative in our approach so with further ado um, I want to invite Joe Mark and Sammy up let's give a round of applause Joe Mark and Sammy These guys are in our bands at the moment. They're on the forefront of schools work, the forefront of education, um, and are in schools. They live in schools, basically. Um, you've only got to ask um, Joe's wife um, <laughs> when he's on tour. <laughs> um, so the reason I've invited these guys to come up um, is, first of all, I want them to inspire you. Um, you've hopefully been inspired by Sammy's dancing already and singing um, and her performance this morning. Yes, Sammy. Um, and so they're going to share a highlight. Um, from 2018, Mark, that was special. The soul bot. The soul box dance. Okay, soul box dance. Okay, so um, these guys are going to share a highlight. So we just want to we want to stir your um, faith as well. We're a faith-driven movement. You've only got to look at our finances, or our vision, um, or the idiots that run it to realise that we are a faith-based movement um, and that we are dependent upon God in every part of our existence. So, uh, Mark, we'll start with you, seeing as you're holding the mic. Yes. Um, first of all, um, what band are you in? Amongst Wolves. What's your instrument? Guitar. What's your inspiration for what you do musically? Oh, so many people. You, Tom. No. Um, Pay rights. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm looking at. Um, inspiration for what I do, um, old, old rock bands and, and new rock bands as well, just music in general. Great. Kurt Cobain, let's say that. Kurt Cobain, you're <laughs> such cliche. Know, um, okay, so it. what's your highlight from this year in school for you? Um, my highlight was uh, during um, uh, Midlands Higher. Uh, we uh, we were in a really posh school, and uh, we kind of walked in and we were kind of in our like kind of ripped jeans and baseball caps and everything, ready to play like rock music. We walked in and it was they were, you know they did their morning prayers in Latin and stuff. And we were like, oh, <laughs> we are so in the wrong place. They've given they've totally given the wrong school to us. All this stuff. We were really kind of it kind of put us a little on the back foot we're a little bit nervous but um god had a plan so that's a good thing um and um these kids in the school it was a, a boarding school so they couldn't they weren't able to come to the gigs so we did a gig after the school so we did a, a full school's day talking about identity telling the kids they were created to be a, a, a person that god has created them to be uh, and telling them that jesus loves them and then we invite them to a gig at the end of the day we had a, a bunch of kids come up and we did a gospel preach at the end and i think about five kids responded at the end which was amazing in itself like to be able to respond in front of your your classmates uh, when yeah. you're not hidden it is is so so powerful i think uh, and we had a couple kids at the end and we talked about healing a lot in school it just kind of come up in the lesson a lot and a couple of the kids came up and were like kind of kind of like poking us a little bit like are you telling the truth like my, i really hurt my foot can you help me and this kid kind of came up and his foot the sole of his foot had gone all black and he'd been in a bad football tackle um and it was all like he couldn't really put weight on it and we prayed for him and the kid got healed in front of his mates in school and there were all these kids like oh my gosh you haven't been lying all day like this is real like god's real and we just saw this thing snap in these kids it was like yeah you know what like god's real like this stuff i need to take this seriously just got to pray with loads of them it was 
it was yeah it was immense that's pretty cool that's a pretty cool highlight well done Sammy yes which band you in I'm in Soulbox and what do you do in Soulbox uh, I sing I dabble in a bit of rap but it goes you know they're not ready for my bars yet so I'm trying to I'm trying to be it's as modest as so I can be because you're so sick in it yeah exactly I, I learned from Tim so there we go learned from Tim yeah. um, Sammy who's your musical inspiration I like old school like jazz at a James Beyonce yes, people okay. like that Diana Ross you know. and who's your favourite member of the management team in the missions department myself actually yes, yes. yes. I knew you'd say that yes. I, I you see, yeah. Sammy yeah. regularly comes up to me and says, Tom, um, do you need to do this? And she actually, is, I'm a puppet to your leadership. Of when he, he just had a baby. Con- we can clap for that, yeah, which is incredible. Number three. And I, I, took, on. I took on the, the department for him yeah. while he was away and, you know, just looked after stuff. She just stepped yeah, in. So I mean, it was yeah, great. She did loads. Um, yeah, we changed everything. Yeah. Um, and I just run all my decisions past you now and it's easier. <laughs> so, Sammy, anyway, what's your highlights? <laughs> I'm joking. Um, my highlight was during, I think it was higher Cambridge or Jersey. They were kind of like next to each other, so I can't quite remember. Um, but there was this little girl. Uh, we did like a lunchtime gig, and there was this little Muslim girl who came in. She was like all hijabed and everything, like proper, do you know what I mean? And she had like a bit of a swollen eye. Um, and we saw her walking, and we were like, oh, okay. So we've just like carried on, did this like proper rave track, uh, the real thing, plugged the, the message tribe right there. So it was like proper ravey. Everyone was jumping up and down, and then at the end, end of it she came up to, to one of us and she was like oh like when you guys were jumping up and down like I started to feel really happy and my eyes healed and like her eye the swollen had gone and was just like oh my gosh that's incredible because we weren't necessarily like saying anything or like preaching the gospel but it was just like this moment where we were just jumping up and down and God's joy just came in and she was healed so that was that was really cool that's pretty Super cool exciting, it's yeah. pretty cool testimony yes so yeah we can give that a round of applause that's like, come on yes Lord thank you do it again so, Joe, which band hey, are you in? I'm in Brightline. Brightline, what do you Brightline. play? I play drums. Yeah. And your favourite album of last year? Oh, my days. Sorry, um, I, yeah, I just, just kind of keep my going favorite toes, album keep it relational. Last year, uh, you know. An album called Get Better by Bad Sounds. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah nice. Um, so, one. your highlight in schools for you this highlight year? Highlight schools. Um, it's so difficult because every school we go into... Uh, we get stories and, and great people chatting. Oh, but, um, strong. <laughs> strong. Um, but I, one that comes to mind is that we were in this school in Wales. Um, not sure whereabouts in Wales, but it was in Wales. And um, we were... In our lessons at Brightline, we always do this kind of thing of, of hope. There's, there's hope in every situation, whether you're going through good times, bad times, there's hope. And that hope is Jesus. And it, it was just crazy during that lesson just to see like the looks on people's faces like change when they realize that there actually is hope and it was like the end of the the every lesson we do we do a Q&A and we were doing this Q&A and all these kids kept on saying one after another was like oh like I've been through this situation this is going on is there hope in this situation and it was that this realization that these kids had literally never heard that there is hope and that they just assumed that their whole life was just going to be the same path uh, of whatever it was of uh, family members going through illness or just bad situations happening they just assumed it was that and there was this moment of like there is hope. There's hope in every single one of these situations. And what was great is that one of these kids who shared something and said, is there hope because like my grand's got cancer or something like that? Is there hope in this situation? And, and we were like, yeah. Um, he came to the uh, the gig at the end of the week and he was standing in the back. And when we did the response for people to make decisions to become Christians, we saw his hand go up. And it's just that amazing transformation. And in the space of a week, this guy had gone from not thinking there was hope 
to knowing that there is hope and there's hope in Jesus. So yeah. Yeah. Come on now. Come on now. Amazing. Praise God. So Mark, back to you. Um, so part of my back. So also the the reason why I want to start there. Sorry, I forgot to mention beforehand is um, telling stories is something we really believe in as a department. We have this thing called character and culture, which Tim and I kind of sit in, and Tim particularly is just massive on character. Like it's all great to be creative and jump around, but if you are not rooted in local church, passionate about the Word of God, you're off stage matching it on stage. We have all these values that we could chug you through but um and we just are constantly on these guys i think um the issue with like young people like nowadays is there's so many voices in young people's heads so then when you're coming and you're talking about jesus you've you've, you've already got like in the room straight away somebody who's like um maybe struggling with like lgbtq kind of questions somebody who who's like so like um just like dead sciency and like really like clever and things like that. So you've got so many things, so many voices that are rising up against you from the moment that you say, I am a Christian and I'm here to tell you about Jesus. Um, and so what we've, what I found personally is just, um, just that, that, that thing of like what Tim was chatting about. It's so important for us as like local church and like doing all that kind of stuff to be praying for young people, to be like a voice in that darkness and, and all that stuff that's happening, to like really just be strong in there with the light. Um, but also as having patience and also just like having like take, taking a step of faith to be like, oh, do you know what? Like the words that we speak, they never come back void. Like God is always gonna do something with that. And just like, you just, you just have to let go and like let God in like a lot of situations. So even though it's like really difficult because there's all this stuff happening, you've just got to really trust in, in the God that you serve. Like, do you know what I mean? And know that he's gonna do it, so yeah. Yeah, great. Joe? Yeah, um, I think, yeah, thinking about it, I, I would say knowing your audience and the environment that you're, you're yeah, in, like some schools are more open to to it school to the people we meet and that's something that's really happened to me recently is i've been using my local church to be able to excite the local church about evangelism as well and give them kind of talks and tips about how to evangelize in normal conversations because everyone is looking for something everyone feels that missing void everyone feels that need for something better something new and everyone is looking for jesus whether they know it or not and so the opportunities are, are always there we just got to have that boldness and have that spirit kind of kick that says you know what yeah i'm gonna go for this come on great can we give a round of applause to these guys thank you for sharing so well so it leads me just to try and wrap up in a few minutes on the theme of discipleship um and then we're going to go to q a um, and you guys can 